Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. Very glad we took the lead and, and finally took action. And I think that was one thing I regret is not taking action sooner because, you know, I was well equipped with as much information as I could find on the internet, but you know, you know how it goes. You're going to learn most through doing. Um, so after that first one, it was just a good learning, learning practice nonetheless. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools, and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors, and welcome to another episode of Ritter on Real Estate, where we teach you how to passively invest like a pro. Today, my guest is Michael Elefante. Michael uh, wears many hats. He's an Airbnb investor. Uh, he's an educator. He's a content creator. And he's had a ton of success uh, at a fairly young age. So excited to have you on the show here today, Michael, and, and learn about your story and, and give, our, give our listeners some tips. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about who you are and, and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah. So I was a, an athlete all the way through college. You know, so that was my primary focus and passion. And once that came to, you know, a screaming halt, ended up not being able to play professionally. Um, I was like everyone else, just like, what do I do now? Um, so started applying to different jobs, ended up getting in tech sales, just like an entry level job. And I was just pounding the phone every day and just told by everybody and superiors, put your time in, you know, you'll move up the ladder, make lots of money. It'll be great quickly realized that I wasn't after money. I was after more time freedom. And of course, mm -hmm. once you figure that out long-term with something like real estate, money typically comes, comes with that, the whole aspect of financial freedom. But I realized that I didn't want to trade my time for a higher money and just trade more time for more money. So after a few years of just reading books, watching YouTube, um, I found a very keen interest in real estate and then went down the rabbit hole of, you know, house hacks, small multifamily, um, do that type of investment and the less cash flow per door didn't really like jack me up or get me super excited, which led me to learn about short-term rentals. I actually was in the process of moving to Nashville with my wife back in 2018 at the end of 2018. Um, and we stayed in Airbnb and I'm like, I wonder how much they paid for this property if they're getting this per night. And this is crazy. So I just started doing a bunch of number crunching and searching on the data uh, for short-term rentals in that specific market. Look in the Smoky Mountains also. And I was like, if this is real and I'm not crazy and I didn't miss something here, like I would love to get a property. So that's what led us into getting into short-term rentals and Airbnb. Um, and after we got our first property and saw the bookings come in, like we were all in. 
Um, and fast forward two and a half years, we scaled to six of our own buy and hold properties. And um, I was just sharing, regurgitating like a lot of things I was learning early on through social media, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, and got a lot of traction through it kind of by accident. I wasn't expecting to. Um, and I, had a lot, I was taking like free calls for people, just trying to help them like also get started because it changed our life. Um, we became financially free in like 12 months after our first investment, which was cool. Uh, so that, that led me down the content route and the properties, but those six properties gross about 80 grand a month on Airbnb and Verbo. Uh, so it's been quite, quite life-changing, but yeah, that's, that's the skinny of the past, you know, several years of our, my life. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. I love the story that you, uh, you know, you're kind of being told just wait your turn, you know, you'll, you'll get there. Just, just put in your time, right. You know, take the normal 30 year path and one day you'll be able to retire maybe 40 years. Um, you decided to short circuit that you found, you went out, you started by educating yourself, right? I mean, that's what I heard. You're reading books, looking on YouTube, figuring all this out. And you realize there, there's a different path. I love that you did it at such a young age. Cause yeah, I mean, your runway is so long that you're already financially free at this point. So it sounds like you chose Airbnb for cash flow, right? The ability to replace your immediate cash flow. Um, talk to me a little bit about how, you know, how you went out and maybe found that first property. And then now how you, how do you look at evaluating where's your next property going to be? A few things. Um, I really like to leverage local knowledge. Um, like a lot of real estate investors, you know, I wanted to speak with a real estate agent who specifically sold a lot of short-term rental properties. There was a new agent in town. He had just pivoted from a different career. Um, in the first year he was involved, he pretty much solely did short-term rentals in Nashville. So he knew the local laws and regulations, which I didn't, that was helpful. He could basically feed me properties that were short-term rental permit eligible right off the bat. And then I could take that and leverage data on AirDNA and then just look at competitive properties that were already on established on Airbnb, pick apart their calendar, look at the amenities they had, what made them successful, what were they running out per night on the weekend and weekdays. And it was really just a numbers game for me. Um, I just wanted to keep it super simple um, and make sure I understood the investment. Um, so I want to also make sure that on a conservative forecast, because Airbnb obviously can be seasonal, things like COVID happen, like things can change quickly and you don't have a set lease agreement. Um, so it can fluctuate quite a bit uh, from time to time. So I wanted to make sure on a conservative forecast, we were still very healthy cash flow positive, great cash on cash return. Um, and then we just found the one property. And it's funny looking back on it, I thought we were way overpaying for this property in Nashville at the time. Now it would be sell for probably 2x you know, we bought it for, which is wild, but I'm very glad we took the leap and, and finally took action. And I think that was one thing I regret is not taking action sooner because, you know, I was well equipped with as much information as I could find on the internet, but you know, you know how it goes. You're going to learn most through doing. Um, so after that first one, it was just a good learning, learning practice nonetheless. Um, and it was, it was a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's definitely this hurdle of you've learned, you learned, you learned, but taking that first step is still a leap, no matter how much, you know, and then <laughs> yeah. you, right. And then you get into it and I completely agree with you. There's so much that comes from actually doing, you can, you can only learn so much by reading about it. You actually get in, you start to touch and feel it, understand it. That's when you really create a mastery of it. Right. So walk me through the economics of, of an Airbnb investment. Right. Yeah. Walk, walk me through kind of 
purchase, how you're evaluating that, what are you, what are you looking for return wise? And, and then walk me through kind of what do you see uh, kind of month to month? Yeah, my minimum cash on cash returns, the total annual cash flow divided by total out-of-pocket investment has been 25% with short-term rentals with, I want upside too. Many of them have been north of 50%, um, but there's a lot that goes into becoming a top performing property. But the biggest thing for me is just cash on cash return. I want cash flow. That was the ultimate goal for us. How can we get to financial freedom as, as quickly as possible? Um, I mentioned AirDNA earlier. That is a very, very valuable tool because Today's day and age, there's so much data and resources and software out there that make investing and monetizing and managing short-term rentals yourself easier. Um, because 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you'd have to have a local PM you know, hand keys to a guest and, and it costs a lot of money to do it. You couldn't communicate mm -hmm. over the internet. So by leveraging those types of data and tools, and AirDNA has historical occupancy trends. You could use filters, look at specific zip codes. I want to only look at a three bedroom in Nashville that sleeps eight to 10 people in the zip code. And here's all the data the past three to five years from occupancy, daily rates. Um, and one thing that helped me, and I always tell people, look at the top property section on AirDNA. They're literally on a silver platter for you of what amenities you need, what are the themes that they have, and then what specific locations within that market they're located. And usually they're clustered on a map in one, one or two specific sections. So I don't have to recreate the wheel. I just have to mm -hmm. jump on board and follow what everyone else is doing. And then if I can create my own unique twist on it, because the way I view Airbnb is that it's no different than social media, right? You're trying to capture someone's attention. They're scrolling through thousands of properties. They have to click my property to learn more about it and get through the rest of the photos. If I don't earn that first click, that impression, I have no at bat to get booked. Um, so there's just lots of data and resources that anybody can leverage. Um, and they're, and they're cheap to leverage too. I love that. You got to earn that first click. Yeah. A hundred percent. If they're scrolling through, how are you going to get them to pay attention to yours? And I'm sure that's what layers into some of your secret sauce and having so much success in the space. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that there's a, I mean, significant cash on cash, 25 to 50% cash on cash. What does that look like? Um, through kind of the ups and downs of, mm -hmm. of the demand swings. I mean, what do you, what do you, what can you typically expect like as you're underwriting and what you've seen play out? Like what does occupancy look like? How does that kind of go up and down? I, I imagine it's kind of a feast or famine type of situation in some, in some instances. So kind of tell me how that looks. Yeah. The devil's in the details and it, with data. And again, I always I keep mentioning air DNA, but they have everything there. Even available supply of rentals in the market. So I can see what's trending. Like in co during COVID, places like the Smoky Mountains, everybody pivoted their travel there and there was not enough supply. So uh, all the investors went there and now there's 50, like over a 50% increase in two years of rentals available on the market. And now that's, that demand is pivoted back to urban areas or overseas. Um, so you have to make sure you're aware of current trends, but leveraging historical occupancy rates and just general seasonality is really important because if you're in an, up by you, if you're in a Northern Lake, you might be slammed, you know, May through September, but it might be quiet and you might have to pivot your strategy, maybe do like a corporate housing, like a three month lease or something during the winter time. Mm -hmm. So I like to be in places that aren't hyper season seasonal. Mm -hmm. You can still do really well in a seasonal market, but it just makes that busy season that much more critical for you to perform very well. So for me, I like to be in markets, there's probably gonna be slow months in every market, but in markets like Nashville, South Florida, you know, the Smoky Mountains, it's relatively busy like 10 months out of the year. 
because I don't want to be in a position where I cash flow decent. And all of a sudden I go through a six month period and I'm like, oh man, I got to make sure I'm like staying afloat here, paying the mortgage, paying the cleaners, all that good stuff. Um, so just paying attention to the data is really critical, I would say, and understanding that if there is seasonality, what you can expect. Gotcha. Now that, that makes complete sense. And then what is the, so that, that's the revenue side of things. Um, are there other, are there any other ways you're generating revenues from the property besides the, um, just like, you know, the rent payment or the, I guess yeah, yeah, like the nightly rate. Airbnb? Yeah. Are there For other sure. things? Yeah. There's some really creative ways that you can add revenue with each stay. Um, you can even create automated messaging to only send out if the day before or the day after someone checks in or checks out is available to offer an additional day at a 50% discount or an early check-in or, or late checkout fee to extend their stay a little bit. Um, once you scale to several properties, if you get an early check-in for $100, you know, if that adds up after several, you could add an extra $1,000 of revenue a month pretty easily. Mm -hmm. um, there's some other cool integrations uh, or services that you can offer if you want to be a more involved host per se. One of them is through Hostfully Digital Guidebooks. They have a hook now with Viator, which people can book tours and activities. You can actually get an affiliate link created. And it one, it's an awesome thing because guests love getting local recommendations from the person who owns the house, but you get an 8% commission on anything booked through your affiliate link um, through Viator, which is super cool. So there's lots of creative ways to add revenue. If you want to allow pets, you could do pet fees. Um, if you have like a pool and a pool heater, you could do a pool heating fee per day. Um, so there's lots of little things that you could add in there and just generate extra revenue to pad that a little bit. Yeah, very cool. I've seen other examples of people like actually selling things out of their Airbnb, right? Like, oh, you like the soap or the lotion? Here, you, <laughs> yeah. can, you can take it, you know? Right. Yeah. I've, I've stayed, I've stayed in some like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's awesome. I appreciate that. Um, so there's other revenue opportunities as well. Talk to me a little bit about the expense side. Like what's the expense ratio look like? What can you uh, expect um, as you get down from like revenue to income? I would say the cash flow margin, essentially profit margin, in my opinion, is, is usually 40 to 50% for my properties, right? About 40 to 45% ever since we refinanced them and pulled cash out of a lot of the deals that we did over the past, past several years. But historically, it was about 50%, which is awesome. So if I were bringing in hundred grand a year from a property, I would expect a cash flow of 40 to 50K on that property. Um, and that's been pretty consistent across properties. Now, something I've realized when getting a couple of new properties in South Florida with pools and some of the expenses there add up a little quicker, right? Pool maintenance. If there's an issue with the pool, you have to pay pool maintenance to go out again. Um, and just knowing what like the services are like the trash service do your cleaners take care of that or do you have to pay somebody to come put the bins out bring them back in because uh, the city will ding you if you're not responsible you know so some of that stuff can add up but the biggest expenses like operating expenses you know outside of like property tax insurance there's just going to be your cleaning fees um, but the guests pay for those too which is nice so it's kind of a pass-through expense other than mm -hmm. that it's just the ongoing stuff to keep the keep the lights on in the property utility bills wi-fi permitting all sorts of stuff like that I got you. And is you pay the utilities, it's just all baked into the nightly rates and, and ultimately what you, what you'll get. You, that doesn't pass through. Correct. Yeah. The, yeah. The, you don't pass through utility bill unless, unless somebody signs like a short-term or midterm lease, sure. then maybe you could have them agree to pay it in the lease agreement. But yeah, for short-term rentals or vacation rentals, you're definitely picking up all the utilities and Wi-Fi and all the other costs that you would in your own home. I gotcha. So, so, 
clearly a lucrative investment, right? You can get significant cash flow, 25 to 50%. He said, even on just an income side, you know, you're about 40, 45% um, profit margin. And it doesn't sound like it's, I mean, definitely there's things you need to know to do it, but it sounds like a fairly approachable path uh, to get into investing as well, right? You just have to, you give us some tips on how to identify the market. Um, seasonality, I think is one definitely to take take into account, right? I mean, that I think that's a big one, right? It seems like you, you wanna be somewhere where there's gonna be demand all year round. Um, and then I think your tips on air DNA were great as far as really use that to drive where are the popular areas, right? And like you said, they lay it out on a silver platter for you. So, um, so talk about you've, you've had these Airbnbs, you've obviously had a tremendous amount of success. That led to taking your learnings and kind of taking your learnings online and starting to share those, right? And, and ultimately um, creating a pretty large following around that. So tell me a little bit about that. Kind of how did that start? And, and tell me how, how that growth has been. Yeah, so I followed a lot of people on YouTube and then some other social media outlets as well, like Instagram and whatnot. And I learned a ton from them. So I was like, well, maybe I could start posting my own content and just see where it goes. Maybe I could just share what I'm learning, right? Help other people as well. I was trying to do YouTube so hard that and the, I just wasn't good at it early on, honestly. It was a big learning curve for me. I actually pivoted to TikTok and I was trying to funnel people from TikTok to YouTube. And I was trying to do that for a long time and my TikTok grew and I was like, I'm not thinking about this the right way. Like people love short form content now why don't I just have TikTok and Instagram be like my main platforms? Um, so I started doing that. I started letting people just book free calls with me so I could share with them with, with what I was learning. And I had several people say, do you have a course? Do you have a course? I'm like, no, I never thought I would build a, a course and sell it, you know? Um, and I had taken courses in the past that I found on social media. So I was like, oh, this could be a good business opportunity. Um, so they said, if you build one, I would buy it. And I was like, really? Okay. How much would you pay for it type of thing? So I spent a lot of time and I wanted to do a good job building that and put it out there on TikTok initially, had a bunch of people start buying it. I'm like, this is crazy. But the positive feedback was overwhelming. And I had a lot of people, you know, to this day, I think I've had like 750 people take my, my online course and mo pretty much all positive feedback. And tons of people have reached financial freedom since seeing my content, taking the course and taking action. And that is like the most fulfilling thing I've had in any type of business or employment that I've had my whole life. So the, the, the monetization part of it has been wonderful. You know, I've been able to scale to a seven figure business in a year and a half, and it's all driven through organic content. I don't really pay for ads yet. I don't know if I will, but um, that has led to other things, just the abundance mindset of sharing. And I can, I feel like it just helps me grow too. Mm -hmm. um, so I've met a ton of people, ton of other content creators like yourself today, like networking with, with awesome people, investors, has been wonderful. And that's helped me actually scale to some other business opportunities. Um, I've had tons of people offer to like partner with me on deals. Uh, so there's just tons that have come from it that I never thought possible when I was just small minded thinking of like, what would I even get out of putting, putting out, putting myself out there content wise, you know? Um, so yeah. it's just been like a whirlwind the past couple of years, but I'm grateful for it for sure. And I love that story so much because it, like take it back to the beginning it started with you getting an Airbnb and getting financial freedom, like being able to, to leave your job, right? Without that, none of this ever would have been possible. Now you've made this massive impact. Like you said, to 750 
at least other people, let alone all the people that have listened to your, your content online, right. That have, and a good portion of them have been able to reach financial freedom on their own. So you've had this just massive impact you've created that all started from buying an Airbnb. And really it all started with your mindset of realizing that like, I don't have to sit in this grind for 30 or 40 years. There's a different way. And you're able to get there extremely quickly, which credit to you. And then you're already giving back. So I just think it's an incredible story of, and like you said, that abundance mindset. I mean, that, that is what it comes down to that belief that, that you can do it and that more is going to come and that the, your expenses are investments, right. And that you're growing something. I think it all just ties together. So love that story. I think that's inspiring for folks. I'm sure people listening will be inspired to go out and maybe just start with that one Airbnb, right? And you and you're clear proof of where it can go from there. So really appreciate the, that today, Michael. And so as we round up, as we round out the show, uh, we've go to our keys to success round. There's four questions I want to ask you. The first one is if you were going to invest in somebody else's deal and you could only ask them one question, what would that one question be? It would be, what is the conservative cash on cash return that you're projecting on the deal? I think the health of any business is cash flow. And I want to know how hard my money's working in that investment and will produce cash, cash output. So mm -hmm. if I know nothing else, I just want to know that metric. And then obviously if there's follow-up questions, just how did you get to that conclusion? Can you show me the data that enabled you to draw that conclusion of the cash on cash return? Yeah, absolutely. And you are, you are a true cash flow investor, true and true. That that uh, question just rounds that out. What are you most proud of in your career? Oh, man, I think just reaching financial freedom myself and then helping other people do it. I didn't think I would have that impact on other people. You know, at first, selfishly, it's just how can my wife and I become financially free? And we're expecting a baby in the next like week, by the way. So it's our first kid. So like, Having that established, yeah, congratulations! Freedom, like the thank you, like the time freedom aspect, and being able to be home with the kids while we raise them, it's like that is like super fulfilling to think about. So, like, I'm super proud of that, and then just yeah. helping other people do the same thing is just icing on the cake. Man, that is something to truly be proud of. I mean, that. So, I've got a family. I have three kids, six, five, and three years old. And if I look back, really about seven years ago. I mean, that was really one of the main catalysts that started my journey was looking ahead, looking at what I was doing in my W-2 and saying, I've got to make a change. So I, I completely understand uh, where you're coming from. I love that you're already there. I mean, it took me, it took me time to get there, you know, and some of that time is when they were young, when they're still trapped, when I was still traveling a ton, doing different things. I mean, you're there, you're going to be there for every special moment. And, uh, I love that, you know, I had, I had something just to share a personal story of like, when I, when I set out on this journey for financial freedom, one of my things was I want to be that dad that's able to be at, be at the field trips and the recitals and different things. And so my kids now, uh, first, first grade kindergarten, I got another one in preschool. Well, my kindergartner has a field trip coming up like in a couple of weeks and I get to be a chaperone. Look at that. It's like, I was like, this is like really concrete proof that like, even in my own journey, like I've set out, I was setting out to do that and I can do that. And I get to go on the field trip with them and really just be a part of much greater part of their life than I would have ever been had I still had my sales and consulting job and still be traveling all over the country. So 
Um, definitely, man, you're going to realize so much value out of that and have so many magic memories with your kids because you are uh, in the position that you're in. So again, I think really, I hope inspiring to folks. I hope people understand how they can get there. Um, as I get derailed coming back around, the next question is what book should everybody read? There's a lot of good books out there. I, personally, the one that helped me, it was really more of a mindset shift. It's called Cashflow Quadrant, somewhat of a sequel to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. There's some fluff in the book and it drags out a bit, but like my biggest like couple takeaways was just addressing the idea of risk and investments. Um, and the whole idea that like our corporate jobs are safe, which they feel safe, right? Mm -hmm. Get a paycheck each month as long as you show up to work and insurance and all that fun stuff. But the risk of working 40 more years and spending 40 plus hours a week away from my wife and my family that seems so risky to me and like the risk mitigation or not risk um, regret minimalization framework. I think Jeff Bezos made that kind of famous. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be on my deathbed or at retirement and regret not taking the risk of making that investment to become financially free. So I don't risk spending all this time doing something I'm not super passionate about away from my family. It's like, that was the biggest takeaway and mindset shift I had. That was like, my nerves went away and I was like, what's the biggest thing I can lose if I take yeah. a leap and make this first investment, some money and what I'm still working my job. Like that's yeah. still safe and secure, I guess, if you want to think about it like that. So there was the biggest, it was like a mindset shift for me. That was a good takeaway from that book. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that goes back to that abundance mentality of believing that the more you put out there, the more you're going to get back. You got to take that leap faith over fear. Right. Lastly, what is your number one key to success? I think it sounds really simple and elementary, but just take action. Um, you can learn as much as you want. You could spend money on courses as much as you want, even like a course that I put out there, but you're not going to become financially free. You're not going to get better at something unless you try or take action. Um, even like something for me, social media, like I was nervous to put myself out there. And for like a year, I didn't see any benefit from it. But like, if I never decided to take action on that, I would not be in the position I'm in today. And same thing with real estate. So I think it pertains to anything you like, you have to, you have to try, like get comfortable being uncomfortable. If the end goal is what you want, you got to take that first step. You just got to go for it. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. That is the key to success. Become comfortable being uncomfortable. Love that. I think that's a great place to, to wrap it up. And Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show. If folks want to learn more about you and what you're doing, your course, your content, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, reach out to me on Instagram. It's usually the place I respond to most comments. You can go to bnbinvestoracademy.com too if you have interest in learning about that program. Uh, but yeah, Instagram, TikTok, it's at mlafonte6. Um, so yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. I appreciate you having me on, Ken. It was a great conversation. Yeah, I'm inspired. Maybe I'm going to go out and get into some short-term rentals now. Seems like a great <laughs> cash flow play. Had a lot of fun with you, Michael, today. Thanks for being on, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You too. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Ritter on Real Estate. Hit the subscribe button to make sure you don't miss out on the content that will make you a better investor. Also, visit KentRitter.com for articles, videos, and tools curated just for passive investors. Until next time, this is Kent Ritter with Ritter on Real Estate. Now go out and invest like a pro.